Well, hello again, everybody. It is me, Ben Harris, your host, and it has been a while. <laughs> I've been going through a lot of changes and transformation that I'm excited to share with you. And let's not waste any time. Let's just get right into this thing. And I want to tell you about my wild experience with money, uh, running my own business, the many ups and downs I have gone through, and the dig the deep dig into uncovering my limiting beliefs about money and success and I've been thinking about this episode for over four months now I've reflected on it quite a bit and how I want to tell this story how I want to get these points across because I believe this topic is really important especially for any coaches or conscious entrepreneurs out there trying to make a living by living in your purpose and even more important for those who are struggling with bills or finances making your business profitable and thriving and being successful in whatever which way you desire. And at this time of at the time of this recording, I am in the most debt I have ever been in. And I won't give you an exact number right now. I'll wait until I'm completely debt free to share that number so I can tell the inspirational story <laughs> of how I overcame it all. But for all of you listening right now, you're going to get a view into the journey while I'm in it, like really, really in it and not just the ending. And it's really important for me that I tell the story because I want people to know and hear these stories while they're happening, not just, you know, after the fact. And talking about this would usually make me nervous and anxious because of the shame that money can hold. I mean, I just told you that, you know, I'm in tons of debt or for me, you know, of what that means for me. And I feel embarrassed that I am in debt it feels like I have failed in a sense. It feels like I'm not successful as I am portraying myself to be on a podcast or social media or to my clients. It feels like I'm a fraud. It feels like I shouldn't be giving anyone advice from a coaching perspective if I don't have my money shit together. So the question is, why am I talking about this? Well, one, because I know it's therapeutic for me. A question that I like to ask clients is, what are you hiding from the world that you don't want anyone to know about? And that answer, the answer to that question for me is this thing, that I don't want you to know that I'm in debt because what I just said right, about the belief that like that means that I'm not good enough, that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, that I'm a fraud. Um, but I know that if I continue to hold on to this fear and shame about it, that this will continue to fester and the cycle will continue to repeat itself over and over and I'll never get out of it. And obviously you don't have to share your story so publicly like I am, to get the same benefits, um, but this is my platform and how I want to lead and how I want to show up as a leader. And you know, you could work with a coach or a therapist, talk to your significant other, whatever space feels safe for you. Um, but I definitely believe we should be talking about this vulnerably and openly, so we can release some of that shame and fear frequency that it holds so tight, like it really grips us and cripples us. And before this recording, I think it's important to know that I've done a lot, and I mean a lot, of work on it. Like, I'm definitely one of the most self-aware <laughs> people that I know. It's funny, one of uh, the coaches I just got done working with, she said that, she's like, wow, like, you know, I knew people were self-aware, but, like, your ability to see into your subconscious and your beliefs is really impressive. Um, we'll get into that later of why that's important. But I've talked to my partner, Bell, a lot about it. We've dove into it um, time and time again. We've had ceremonies about it. I've worked, like I just mentioned, with into my subconscious with a coach. I've done my own excavating into my psyche and beliefs. 
a lot of reading, reflecting, meditating, praying, all of the things. Uh, first and foremost, it's important for me to own my truth. And even just recording this now and when I was writing notes and journaling about this, it's just talking about it is freeing, right? It's like, oh, I'm not hiding anything anymore. It's like, boom, like as the saying goes, the truth will set you free, which is true. And second, why I'm talking about this is because I know it'll be helpful for a lot of you and will you will be able to relate to it on some level in one way or another. So let's talk about how I got here because before I took the massive leap of faith into starting my own business, I was not in any debt. I actually frowned upon debt and thought you should avoid it at all costs. Let's flash back to the end of July of this year, which is 2022, and it was a few weeks after my son Kingston was born. It was seven months into a business partnership that no no longer felt in alignment for me. And if you pay close attention to my podcast or content, you probably know what partnership I'm talking about. It's not a secret, but I also want to respect their names and privacy uh, without them here to discuss it. But around this time is when I realized our time as a business partnership had come to an end. And it was completely amicable. We were both really proud of ourselves of how we handled the conversations about money that we had to have and what was fair. And seriously, like there could be a case study in business school on how well we handled this. It was, I'm really proud of both, both of us for going into these usually, I mean, they were tough for us too, but usually chaotic, charging, triggering conversations. Like we had to have tough conversations about what was fair, like how should we split this up? Who pays for this? Who pays for that? And what we were both feeling, like our fears and our worries and our triggers. And the main reason we went into business together was for my online course, Fear Alchemy, which this podcast is named after. Because, so I had the idea, I had the intellectual property, you know, the course content, it was my ideas. And then my business partner had the team and the resources to produce it. So when we decided to part ways, I decided to take the course with me. Like it's, it's my baby. It's, you know, it's, I put so much love and effort into create it. And because of that, there was a buyout and some remaining expenses for producing the course. And fortunately, I didn't have to pay it back all at once. And they offered that I could pay it back as a loan over time, which I am very grateful for. But the thing about this, right, is because we went into business together and we didn't do what we thought we would do over the time, you know, it was, a short, it was shorter than we thought it would be. And so like the deal that we made together trip almost tripled the amount of debt that I was in overnight. And before this, before this partnership ended and all that thing, um, I was in debt because of some business loans that I took out to invest uh, back. This was in 2019, the very beginning of 2019. I took, $40,000 um, in debt to invest into a crypto fund. So I took out lines of credit and leveraged that debt to make more money in an investment. The good news is that I did make a lot of money back from it at first. The bad news is that it ended up being a scam. So I lost that $40,000. So I had $40,000 to pay back. And I've slowly been paying that back over the last couple of years. But as you know, life happens. So now, I find myself in more debt than ever, all because of taking a chance on my dreams. And the irony of it all is that situations like this 
are why people avoid taking risks. <laughs> you know, like this is why we are so afraid to take the leap of faith because something horrible could go wrong. And on the surface, right, it does. It looks like, oh, Ben lost $40,000 on a business like investment. Oh man, he has to pay like this much money back just to like, you know, start selling his course again. Like that was really his in the first place. And it's surreal to be in this moment. Like if you would have told me three or four years ago that this is going to happen, I probably wouldn't have believed you. And I also may not have taken the risks that I have. But I can tell you right now with a straightforward face and all seriousness and confidence, I don't regret it at all. I'm proud of myself for taking the leaps of faith, that taking the leaps of faith and investing in myself. Sometimes it definitely feels daunting and disheartening to see such a big number that I owe back. But, and this is a big but, I truly believe that this is happening for me, that there is a lesson to be learned with all of this, and I'm not going to let it stop me from doing what I love and the mission that I'm here for. Like, this is so much bigger than this moment. I'm willing to do what it takes for as long as it takes. These obstacles are providing meaning, meaningful lessons for me, and I want to share with you what I've learned so far. And truthfully, which is crazy, but this is a really important note to point out, is that I still feel safe and free right now. Even with all of you know this large amount of debt that I hold, is that I still feel free. Like, I don't feel overly stressed. Like I mentioned, right? Like it's a big number that can kind of freak me out sometimes. But it's not like I'm sit like sitting in this huge number of thinking about it over and over. And it, it feels like it's, it doesn't feel heavy. Like it feels very realistic. And like, I can't quite explain it. But <laughs> it's, it's like an interesting place of like, like how I look at it is that my debt represents like, my and others belief in my future earning ability like i look at it as how much money can be created because it already has like so if you have any amount of debt or you know an investment or lost money or risked it or whatever that thing is like this money has already been in your field right like it's already been used it's already been invested like you have felt it and touched it and experienced the resources so to reframe it your debt can be an expansive invitation to recreate that and pay it off. Like that's how I looked at it when I first lost my 40K. I was like, oh cool, like this is my chance to learn how to create 40K in my own business. And I saw how easy it was for other companies to fund me, right? It was like super easy. It was like click of some buttons for them to send money to me. And now I get to learn how to do it on my own. So it's like you could look at it as like a crushing, crippling number, or you could look at it as like, oh, wow, like I've already benefited from this in some way or fashion. And now like I can learn how to, you know, just as easily reproduce those resources. So I hope that reframe is helpful for you because it's like even like I know this is not an ideal place to be and I'm not telling everybody to go into debt. <laughs> That's definitely this isn't my financial advice. Um, but I don't believe all debt is bad. Like when it's used correctly, it can be a massive wealth building tool to invest and to leverage with. It can obviously be a dangerous, dangerous path as well, right? Or like if you're just credit cards for clothes and for rent and month to month for years and years, then that's probably a dangerous path. I mean, we all have our own path to live and learn from, 
but some of the wealthiest people in the world only invest with other people's money. It's not their own money that they invest in. Like, why would you own with your own? Why would you like use your own money when you can use someone else's? And then they earn returns on the money that they're leveraging. So it's not that all debt is bad, right? It depends on the situation. It's completely nuanced. The dark side of debt is when you have interest working against you and not for you. To each their own completely. Again, this isn't financial advice by any means. But using debt to invest and make money off of that debt was one of the best decisions that I've definitely, you know, made in my life. Um, but it's crazy, guys, like how I still feel free and like peaceful in this moment because I know money doesn't define me. Like I don't feel defeated. I actually feel inspired to raise up and take responsibility. It feels like an opportunity to rise into my power and leadership even more. I know I'm learning lessons that are important for my life experience and also for those that I will coach, lead, and guide in my lifetime. I don't believe that these are mistakes or a poor reflection of my character because after all, you've probably heard the saying is that it's not the events that happen, but how we respond to them. What What's it like life is, you know, 90% of in life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond to it or whatever. Like that is so true. Like you wouldn't, like I could just take these experiences, like, like they're not against me or I believe they're for me, right? I'm telling myself a story, right? Even if you notice these, notice these things, right? Like all these beliefs, like we're just telling us a story no matter what. And, um, no matter what story we choose to believe we're delusional, like, like I could be someone who's panicking right now and saying, Oh my God, like I have all this money to pay off. Like, how am I going to do it? Ah, like, and then that gets me nowhere. Right. I try and control it. My anxiety's out of control and I'm like, like hyperventilating and that's understandable. Nothing's wrong with that. Right. Like this has a lot of fear frequency behind it, but I also like how I'm choosing to believe and telling myself the story of like, Oh, I'm going to learn from this. Like this, doesn't mean anything but that like I'm going to learn from it I'm excited to teach others about what I learn and like both of those stories are delusional right is because they haven't happened like we don't know what is true and what isn't and what will happen in the future so no matter what we believe we are delusional beings so you might as well choose the story and belief that is going to benefit you that's how I look at it and like truthfully, I just, I feel free, which is crazy. Like that I can say this, but it feels really cool that I can say that. Um, so this right here is proof for all of you listening that no matter what happens, you can choose how you respond. And I'm excited to, ex to revisit this in one, two or three years and tell you the story of what happens next. Like I'm so excited. I even recorded a video a few months ago, like, you know, this is crazy. Like this is happening. I didn't envision this or expect this, but it is what it is and I'm excited to like go through this experience and then come out the other side and then tell you the story of what I learned and how I got out of it and all those things. Um, so let's, let's talk about, um, let's talk about what I've learned because I've been digging into my relationship with money more than I ever have and money and success and business. Cause they all go together ish. They're tied together. They're closely related. Um, and I've always known that money has come easy for me, but the truth is that I've never stacked up the cash in my business. Like I've wanted to, it's never been like consistently flowing in, making it rain. 
I've lived more than comfortably and I've always had what I've needed, but it's, like I said, not raining down in the way that I envision it. And so I dove headfirst into the blocks that may be in my way. So let's get into these lessons. And the first lesson is I realized that I didn't believe in myself fully. Um, again, that was not believing in myself fully. And looking back at why I made this business deal is because I didn't fully believe that I could do it on my own. I was subconsciously hoping that someone could swoop in and save me to make Fear Alchemy more successful than I could on my own. And, you know, receiving help and having it, building a team, um, community, all that, like it isn't all bad and it's actually helpful not to do it all on your own. But deep down, I didn't fully believe that what I was, that I was deserving or worthy or what I was offering was valuable enough. So no matter, you know, who comes in or the resource or the cosign or whatever, like I was trying to get my break by relying on other people. And this is definitely a recurring theme in my business that I would need other people to prop me up. And again, collaboration can be beautiful, but if we're expecting it to quote unquote save us, then it won't work like we are attending it to. And we need to have that foundation of belief in ourselves and our offerings for any collaboration to be highly successful. And I have now recognized this pattern and have made changes to shift it. Like I feel completely different. It's pretty cool. Like, um, like I used to, you know, wait for the big podcast to like, sweet, now it's gonna, I'm gonna, you know, make millions or hundreds of thousands, or I'm gonna wait for this cosign, or I'm gonna wait, oh, now this business deal is gonna be the thing. You know, like there's so many things that I was waiting for that we're gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be the big break. And not that that's wrong because it actually helped me go to the next thing and to the next thing, right? Of like the next checkpoint, like each thing was helping me, giving me the courage and the confidence to keep believing. But ultimately I was telling myself a story of that, like I needed someone or something to prop me up and put me on a pedestal because I didn't believe enough in myself. And number two, lesson number two that I learned, and we're going to go through a lot of sub bullets or sub points in this, but I learned a lot about my deep rooted money beliefs about money and success, my beliefs about money and success. I started working with a coach, Nadia, who will definitely be on the podcast at some point in the future. She specializes in subconscious capacity work, and we focused on increasing my in we focused on increasing my financial capacity. My desire is to have more consistent more consistent income and also bigger paying months. She was the perfect coach for me because I'm already really good at digging into my own beliefs, like I mentioned at the very beginning. But no matter how you no matter how good you are at it you can't see yourself objectively it's impossible you need to see you need someone to see what you can't and that's one of the reasons why coaching is so helpful and I knew some stuff was blocking me like I could feel it and I could see it but I couldn't quite see it and like get to the root of it and I could identify some of the things but I never felt like I grabbed hold of the roots and I knew it was my own fear and my mind protected me so we started to dig in like I never have like I've talked about it and went into it, but I've never really, really gone into it. And I know why that I was actually afraid of going into it, <laughs> ironically. And just on that note is I very much still have 
fear that I'm continuously, um, you know, uncovering and discovering along the way. Like, I know there's always going to be things for the rest of my life that I'm learning about when they are ready to reveal themselves, when I feel safe and ready for them. Um, but we started to dig in and like, like I said, I've, I've explored it before, but this time it felt different because having a son and starting a family has changed things for me that I knew that my decisions were no longer affecting just me anymore. It was impacting my family. And there's this new fire within me. And I'm sure that new fathers can attest to this feeling. It's just like this intrinsic motivation. I wouldn't even say, call it motivation anymore. It's just like there, this, this thing that's just like always going. And it's not like this endless, it's a drive, but it's such like a grounded drive it's not like this frantic or like always need to work and to grind but just this father primal father drive i guess and i've talked to some friends who feel the same um feel the same thing it just it feels like there's no more playing around like there's no more games but at the same time the game has been simplified like i'm so intrinsically motivated and i wouldn't even call it motivated it's just a primal fire within me that has been lit and it's freaking cool it feels i'm just like so laser focused and i'm so clear like much more clear than i ever have been before like all the all the bullshit has just fallen to the wayside because i know what's important now it's just like as a dad and as a father i just know (laughs) and what's cool is i'm recording this and it's 444 right now and four is has some masculine energy to it so Shout out to the universe for that little wink. All right, so some of the beliefs that I uncovered through coaching with Nadia was, first, don't ask for too much. Stay quiet and be grateful for what you have. Um, This is something I didn't realize that I had is because, of course, it's like I know I'm grateful and like how this shows up, or at least for me, how it showed up was like always be grateful, like, you know, gratitude, is the most abundant energy or like like stuff like that you know like i was interestingly enough and i'm putting this together now is like i was using gratitude to bypass what i actually wanted and for asking for more and for going for my dreams of like what i knew i wanted and what i know i'm meant for and it felt like oh just be grateful like stay quiet like you can't have this and the story stems from growing up with financial struggles and a single mom by no means were we like poverty living on the street but we definitely moved a lot and I sensed there was money stress um, job to job layoffs losing home car repossessions and I just worrying about bills getting help with money and food and stuff Um, and because of these financial struggles I didn't want to put more pressure or stress on my mom or my family and I had a feeling like we couldn't have all of what we wanted so this influenced me to stay quiet and withhold my requests and desires to make life easier for her and for everyone else too and I remember even holding back on my birthdays and Christmas like because I don't want to trouble anyone over me like I don't want to ask for what I want because it felt like um, a burden it felt like I guess burden is the best word Um, and this goes beyond and affects much more than money and of course, you can see how it affects money, right? It's because like, I'm not going to ask for what I want. Of Like, I want to make this much money. Is like, just be grateful for what you have. 
don't ask, stay quiet. Just don't, um, don't inconvenience anyone. That's another word I was looking for, right? Is like burden and just like inconvenience. And I've realized I haven't felt safe in expressing my needs and desires as a whole, like across the board. And why I have been go and why I've been so go with the flow in a lot of areas. Like this is such a big one. And I'm wondering if any of you guys relate to this. If you do, I mean, if you relate to any of this, like tell me on Instagram, shoot me a DM. But it's like same with the gratitude thing of like just surrender and just trust and go with the flow. And it's almost like this anti-hustle thing has, right? Is like because we have grind and hustled so hard that we've come into this like, you know, ease and flow and that whole vibe, which is great. Like, I love that. But I think I went too, I swung too far in the pendulum, right? Like I've definitely lived that hustle grind corporate life, you know, 14 hour days. And then I went to like, I don't want to work at all. (laughs) And that's not bad. And I definitely believe in a life of ease and less struggle, but it came into a, a thing where like, just like I was bypassing and not honoring what I truly desired and so I just want to give you guys a heads up, like sometimes going with the flow can actually be a way of you're not claiming what you want and it's a sneaky way that your mind and fear is protecting you, like keeping you small and it keeps you stuck and you're not really getting what you want because you're just saying like, oh, like I trust the universe and we'll just go and see what happens. Like, yeah, that's beautiful and that's awesome. Like I still believe in that, but are you using it? in a way to like not take action or not to claim your power or not to claim your desire and go for what you really want. And one of the ways I've been practicing to rewrite this is with Belle. And when we talk about dinner in the past, I usually have just said, and I'm sure some of you think this too, right? Of like, Oh, like I'm good with whatever. What do you want for dinner? Oh, like you choose, like I'm good. Just like, you know, which is partially the truth. Like, you know, I am naturally easygoing as part of my personality, but also that's not true, right? It's like, I do technically have something that I would prefer. And so I have started to tap into my desires before I give a response to that question. I pause and I feel into what food my body is craving. And so this is just a simple way to start uh, practicing honoring your desires and cultivating a preference instead of just going with everything and letting life happen to you, right? Is like, yes, again, surrender. Like, don't be attached to outcomes. And this is a co-creation of you choosing and taking ownership and responsibility and accountability. And I've just relearned that in a different way that I didn't realize that I was doing before. And so a cool way just to start honoring your desire and preference is literally just like, what I, what do I want to eat or where do I want to go or like certain things like that, just pausing. And instead of just saying like, Oh, I'm good, good with whatever tap into it and don't be attached to whether you go there or not. Right. But like start speaking like what it is that you crave and what, what your preference is. So to wrap this all up concisely, I have felt wrong and it's felt unsafe to outwardly express what I want. And now I'm changing that in a major way. I'm claiming it and it feels powerful. Like there have been a lot of hints and synchronicities about this throughout the year too, which is so fun to look back on. Like when I look back at it 
there's been so many conversations and little nuggets that we're all pointing to this as a block. And it's so simple, but it's so powerful. And I, it took to the end of the year to me really like have this big breakthrough, but it all happened perfectly to like look back at all these little nuggets and conversations that we're pointing to like claim your desire. Like, what do you want? Say it, claim it, express it. And you don't have to just like stick with what you have. And it's an interesting thing, right? I've just like the go with the flow or the surrender or the gratitude can actually sometimes be a way to avoid actually like avoid rejection or avoid denial or being told no or disappointment, any of those things. Um, and one of the ways that I've started to, another way I started to practice expressing my desire is with my birthday this year. And so I started to make what I did for my birthday this year was I made a list of things that I actually wanted. And I've never really done this before because back to the story, right? Of like, oh, I can't have what I want. Like it's, it's an inconvenience. Like I'll make everyone else. I will not get what I want. I'll take the back seat and let everyone else just stay comfortable and be convenient. Um, and so I made a list of very specific things that I desire for my birthday. And this was more uncomfortable than you think. Like it took a while for me to think like, what do I actually want? Like, what do I want to receive instead of just like, I'm good good with whatever. And so I made a list and I sent out, sent it out to people. And you might've even seen me post on social media and a family member replied and they said, thank you for helping me know what to get you. Listen to that. Thank you for helping me know what to get you. And I think this is an awesome reminder for, for us all because how will anyone know what to get us if we don't know and if we don't voice it? How will the universe know? How will we even know, right? It's like we'll kind of just accept anything like if we don't cultivate our preference and desires. Like if we're not, we got to get clear on that. And so, yes, again, things could happen so much better than we imagine. But if we don't start owning our desires and feeling worthy of them, then we won't receive them. So trust and sur- surrender all the way. And start making some demands too. All right, another belief that I uncovered. All right, this belief was, if I make more money, I'm just going to lose it. And this story stems from a childhood memory with my mom. Growing up, I was really good at saving money. And I would find money in my pockets, drawers, old birthday cards. It was just hidden in all the places. Like, I would just find it. I was a magnet. And I started to get some jobs um, as a little kid too. And so I started to keep the money in a safe place. Um, I gave the money to my mom cause I wanted to, you know, keep it safe and like start saving it in a place just, and I heard, you know, having a savings account was good. So that's what I wanted to do. And one day, I think years later, I approached my mom to see where the money was and where I had been saved. Like I thought it was in a bank account or something. And she told me that she had spent the money. So the story was, and the belief that I developed at this point was that money would be taken from me because as you can see, right, of like I gave money to someone that I trusted um, and then I came back to it to see where it was and I felt like a betrayal. And you could see how this would impact my financial capacity, like subconsciously, because if I make too much, then it would be taken. So what this informs me to do is that I either need to spend it quickly or not make any because it will be lost anyway. 
So subconsciously, this is how my fear is protecting me from quote unquote losing something is, well, don't make in it. Don't make too much because then you'll just lose it. Just, you know, just, just get what you need. Like be grateful. That kind of goes in together with that one too. Um, or I either need to spend it because if I keep it, then it's going to be taken or lost or something like that. All right. So there's one last belief that I want to share with you. And this is a big one for a lot of us, I think. <laughs> and that is money is not spiritual. Money is impure and saying that you love money is wrong and prideful. That it's bad to focus on money. I feel like that's probably the crux of it of all is that it's bad to focus on money. And I've heard the phrase of that money is the root of all evil, but that has never fully resonated with me because I don't believe money is evil, but what I have believed is that it's not what a spiritual person should seek. And I've always wanted money, but quote unquote, too much of it has seemed prideful or arrogant. And I've bought into the idea that I shouldn't want lots of money as a spiritual entrepreneur. And so I've denied it. I've hidden and pushed down and suppressed my desire from for money, just to you know be completely honest. But really what this was, right, it was like a sneaky way of my fear convincing me that I don't want more money and success. And I know that this was a way of hiding, um, not just hiding my desires, but hiding from more visibility because I could stay safe, I could stay small by not claiming, you know, because with more money or more success comes with money or more money usually means more success, not necessarily, but typically. And so it was a way for me to like feel safe in my cocoon. I'm like, okay, I can just keep making this amount and that feels safe to me. But ultimately, ultimately, my friends, this is a disservice to the people that I am leading and that I am guiding. And I know that God doesn't want me to, I know God and the universe the divine love and spirit doesn't want me to struggle financially because I can do so much good with lots of money. Like seriously, like not only that, but money is fun. Like I want to go on vacations. I want to have a nice house, nice cars, um, nice dinners, eat healthy, you know, do all the things that we want to do without batting an eye and also provide resources for my family, for my friends, for people who need it. And I've seen so many people that have more money, you can do so much more good with it, right? Is that money doesn't change you, it reveals you, which is the real truth of it all. And I know, like, truthfully, like, I can do so much good and I can have so much fun, help so many more people. So saying that I don't want money, first, that's untrue, right? The truth is that I want money. (laughs) It's like, I desire it. And I think we all do on some level, unless... I mean, I don't know every single one of you, right? Is like, if your truth is that you're fine living with the bare minimum, living in the jungle or whatever, like that's super cool. And that's your life path. And I love that for you. But I imagine there's most of us, especially those listening, that we do desire money. And so if we deny it, it doesn't make us more holy or humble. It makes us suffer. It, it like, <laughs> it hurts us to deny that part, part of us. And that's part of the human experience is part of our desires like denying a desire for anything doesn't make us more spiritual or woke or whatever it like denies our humanness and that's what we're here to do is have a human experience and so I knew this for me too was also a way to hide from from more responsibility which 
is usually related to success. And like for me, I am resistant to more success become because that will come with more responsibility, more pressure. But now I know it's safe, right, to have more money and success. And I am allowing myself to have more money and success. And it's fun to have more money and success. Like it's actually more miserable to have less for me, like what I truly desire. Money will never be my first priority by any means, but that, but like, cause it doesn't fulfill me. Like that's not going to be my driver. But now I know truthfully in the deepest of my being that I deserve to make loads of money. And one way I knew this was limiting me is because I was being vague about money and success. I kept working and working without a clear vision and being vague is, is a way of avoiding what we want and protecting our perceived limitations. So if you are being vague about your goals or intentions about what you desire, this could be something that you're dealing with. Again, we all have dif- different desires. We have different amounts of money, um, lifestyles, personalities, etc. But as long as you are clear about what you desire, truly and authentically, then honor that. But if you're vague about if you are being vague about it and avoiding it and resisting it, you're not saying it to others or claiming it to yourself or writing it down, you're avoiding that thing that you desire. You probably don't feel worthy of it. You probably don't feel deserving of it. Um, there's other things attached to that too. So uncovering and reprogramming these beliefs. that was a lot, Uh, has been life-changing for me, to say the least. I already feel so different, and it's hard for me to explain because it's just a feeling. Like, it's not a mental thing. Like, I was trying to do the mental thing before, right, of, like, just do it anyway. Just fight through this and, like, try and try and try. But now it's like a feeling. Before, I felt like I was driving down the highway with my brakes on. Like, you could... Have you guys ever been on the freeway or the highway and like a semi truck was in front of you and you could smell their brakes and that's what was happening is like I was driving with my brakes on I was going full speed I was doing all the things but I still had my emergency brake on or I had pedal to the metal and my other foot like pedal to the metal on the brake and I was burning out because of these subconscious beliefs in the background and that's how it works with all of us is like Sometimes we feel like just trying harder, just trying harder. And yeah, we can eventually get to where we're going. That's true. But think how much more like with ease and less pain and less hurt and much more enjoyable the journey would be is like if we if we aren't driving with the brakes on. Like we'll get there so much easier and quicker and our car won't break down, aka our, our, our body. And so just think about like, where am I just trying so hard and it's not working? And maybe it's not like the trying so hard. Maybe it's some belief patterns or stories that you're actually having or that you're out of alignment. But for me right now, I feel clear. I feel light. I feel decisive. I feel focused. I feel confident. I feel powerful. I feel deserving. I feel worthy. I've even been setting more boundaries in situations where I was allowing myself to be taken advantage of. Um, and that's been really cool even to see too. And a book that's helped me with this, for those that are watching the recording, I'll hold this up on the screen. It's, and if you guys aren't watching, you guys can watch um, this on YouTube. It's called Overcoming Under Earning. 
it's been a really cool book that's helped me that my coach Nadia recommended um, to dive into my beliefs and programming and other things. So I highly recommend it for the exercises to look into your belief systems around money and success. And ultimately, I hope my story and examples discussed today will inspire your own breakthroughs and insights. This was definitely like a cliff note version of all the things I've felt and discovered and gone through, but we definitely went into it. So li- listen again if you need to. Um, get the book that's called Overcoming Under Earning to take a deeper dive into your beliefs. And if you want more support than that, I'm excited to announce that I'm launching a coaching certification program in January. Ooh, baby, like this feels so good. Like this is definitely my biggest offering, the thing I've been most excited for. And also the scariest thing, but the thing, the scariest things, the things that scare this scare us the most can also expand us the most. And so I'm super stoked for this. It's definitely like my edge, right? Of like, oh, believing that I have something not only that will like I know that I'm an amazing coach. Like that's something I know I'm so good at my craft and I can help people break through it. And I've gone through different beliefs. Like <clears throat> when I first started doing this, I was like, I literally guys didn't know what I was doing. Like the first call that I had with a client, <laughs> I didn't know how it was gonna go. And yes, I had years of experience working with managers and employees and like I coached for a long time, but not in this exact context. Um, but I just trusted this feeling within me. Like I didn't have any training. And so I'm excited to give you guys who feel called to it, some tools and some like, like a guidebook or a playbook, not to do exactly what I do, because that's not what I believe in. I don't believe like a certification finally makes you good enough or finally makes you experienced enough. Right. Cause that goes into our imposter syndrome, but it's like, helping you tap into like, what is your style? What is your gift? And just offering like a timeless um, template that you can create your own style off of and use it to truly help like every single person guys that I've worked with except one, I think, (laughs) which is a pretty good track record, like has received major benefit And I know that other one person still received benefit. It just wasn't what I hoped that would happen. But every single person I've worked with by using fear alchemy, the fear alchemy breakthrough method has changed and transformed people's lives. So I'm excited to bring this to you. And um, so you can bring it to your clients. You can bring it to, you know, whether you're a personal trainer, you are a coach, you are a healer, a creator, a writer, or artist, whatever that thing may be is, your people, your audience, your community, your clients will be able to benefit from this so much. Like you will be uh, just a more embodied leader more than ever before because not only you're going to learn how to do like guide people through their fears and limiting beliefs, but the first six weeks is that we're going to be going into your fear and limiting beliefs. Like why aren't you fully expressing yourself and showing up? How are you limiting yourself? How are you staying small? Going into why you are resisting money and success, like we just talked about. Your fear of failure, fear of judgment, your fear of abandonment, success, um, being seen. Like there's so many different things that we're going to get into. So we're going to find out why are you not showing up? 
why are you staying small? Why are you hiding your voice? Why are you hiding? Um, and like, and then the second half, once you go through the experience yourself, you're going to learn how to do this with others. So this is a really cool program that I'm not sure if there's anything else like it out there. And this program is for you. If you are questioning if you're qualified or smart enough to help people, if you are finding yourself overthinking and overwhelmed by creating or launching a project, if you are someone who's easily distracted by new ideas, but you have a hard time realizing them into real life, if you procrastinate often and you never feel ready yet, if you aren't comfortable charging money and asking for money for your products or services, if you are stuck in a job that you don't that you want to quit, but you are hesitant to leave a stable paycheck, if you are anxious at the thought of people judging or criticizing your work, if you are nervous to put yourself out there and be seen, this is for you. And I know that there is some fear or resistance or block or where you feel stuck, where you feel icky and just like nervous and hesitant. We're going to dive into it so you can truly break through that and be free and be the most impactful leader you were born to be. It's time for you to step into that power. And one of my favorite clients, I mean, <laughs> that's funny. I just, I'm laughing because <laughs> I guess I'm slightly embarrassed. I said I'm one of my favorite clients, but um, tr- they're all my favorite because it's like I truly get to see how their life has been transformed more and more. But I guess I've been more in contact with my client, Megan. Um, she's been in contact with me quite a bit since we've been done working with each other. But before going through through this program, you guys, like she was stuck in a finance job that was literally making her sick and depressed. She was so afraid to follow her dreams because of her need of her family's approval. She was waking up with dread every single day, worried about making a mistake. And she felt like an empty shell of herself. But after going through fear alchemy, after going through this coaching, she learned how to alchemize her fear. And she developed the confidence to talk to the people that she was afraid to disappoint. And she summoned the courage to take a risk and take a chance on herself. And now it's so beautiful to see like she's quit her nine to five job like a year and a half or two, almost two years ago, I think. She's quit her nine to five job and now she's thriving as a health coach. She moved to L.A., from Canada to follow her dream. And in a short time, she's gained tons of friends and community that aligns with her lifestyle and her values. She's even wrote and published her own book, her first book. And she's helping other people change their lives now too, because she had the courage to do what she was afraid of. So why I tell you that is because like, guys, like this is real, like everything you desire is on the other side of your fear. And if you want to learn how to help other people break through and transform their fear, anxiety, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs, then come check this out because it's going to be a really life-changing experience for yourself and then to implement this into your coaching practice. And registration doesn't open until mid-January, but if you are listening this far into the episode, I'll share the secret with you because you are still someone who, you know, is interested in long-form content So there's a link in the description and you can register early to reserve your spot. I'm only going to share this discount code on this podcast, so pay attention. And it's not even going to be in the show notes because I want to thank you for being one of the people who still has a decent attention span. The discount code is I love money and it's in all caps, just I love money and it's $333 off. 
This is going to expire three days before registration opens and registration opens on the 13th. So this code will expire on the 10th. So make sure you go use that and yeah, like I'm excited. And if you need the code again, like if you missed it or it's not working for you or something, just send me a message on Instagram at the fear guy. Um, again, I'll put the link in the description so you can make sure you get to the right place. But the discount code is I love money. Um, DM me on Instagram if you have any questions. And you can also book a free 15 minute call with me if you have any final questions before enrolling. Um, but last message, guys, is like it's time to shine your light and message with the world. It's time to stop playing small and step into the powerful leader you were born to be. The PS, the regular scheduled podcast episode, will be coming back in early 2023. Like I mentioned, there's been a lot of crazy changes happening in business and in life. So I've really refocused my energy, but the podcast should be getting back in early 2023. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. Woo.